Hey kiddos, this is Esther. Welcome to the Inner Dive podcast. In this episode, I have a conversation with my one-time schoolmate and longtime pal, talented singer-songwriter Travis Shipley. In addition to his solo work, Travis is also part of a band called From the Forest, and they are working on some new material that I hope will be out soon soon. In the meantime, you can find some of Travis's back catalog linked in the show notes. And in our conversation this week, we get into a lot of different things, including what it's like to pull songs from the void, moving on from our younger eras of our work when our perspectives change, the narratives we create about ourselves and then operate from, the glee of improv comedy with people you know and love, how he's waking up to the stoke of being alive, and the river of joy and how you get there. Hint, you don't have to earn it. And a few housekeeping notes for the podcast up front. This is the last week that we'll be having weekly guests. Starting in October, I'm going to move to a twice-a-month format. And one episode is going to be probably a solo episode with just me doing the dive. And then the second episode, I'll be joined by a special guest to be announced. In between the episodes, I'll still be releasing my online newsletter zine called Follow the Paint through Substack, and you can subscribe at esthersharp.substack.com. And I have one short story available as an ebook on Kindle that's available now. You can find the link in the show notes. And another short story that's about to be published that I wrote with my writing group, and I'll give you the details once the release date has happened. Thank you to the people providing feedback and reviews for the podcast, and if you can do that publicly and are willing to do that through whatever app you're listening to this, I would greatly appreciate that. It definitely helps the other people who would enjoy these kinds of conversations too to find them, and I appreciate you helping me boost the signal. All right, I think that is everything, so without further ado, here is my conversation with all right, now we're on. <laughs> I can see you. I can hear you. I can hear you. Hi, Trav. Hi, Esther. <laughs> Welcome. It's good to be here. Welcome to shoot, shoot the shit, shoot the shit with Shipley. Shooting the shit with Shipley. Sometimes I do that with myself. Yeah, well, that's a good person to do it with. Tell me about the first time you wrote a song. I was young, and it was really bad. How young? Seven? No, like probably eleven or twelve. It was a uh, it was a ripoff, and I didn't realize it was a ripoff. And this has happened to me a couple of times where something gets planted like deep in the in the ether, and then it feels like this really natural extraction process to pull it out. And I'm like, this is rad. And then all of a sudden, I'll be like, oh shit this is that and mm. it wasn't until years later and it wasn't even a song that like anyone else heard mm-hmm. it was something that i thought that i had made up like an original guitar riff but it was not Shit. it was it was deeply deeply no. implanted sound garden from the single soundtrack oh no <laughs> i would be so nervous about that as a songwriter because i feel like anything i hum I'm, I'm like, well, it's got to have come from somewhere. Someone else has hummed that hum. And how do you mm-hmm. check? Like, what is the Google for a riff? I mean, maybe it exists now, but it, like, back in the day, it didn't. Yeah. 
I've always wondered how songwriters navigate that, because, like, what are you going to... Hi, Meredith. Hi. Guest appearance. Yeah. Guest appearance. Briefly interrupt. What's up? Pizza or a green bean thing? Oh, a green bean thing. That's the best thing ever. What goes into a green bean thing? Oh, man. Okay, so our garden has been totally kick-ass this year. Like, off the chain. It's been super good. And we grew these green beans that were, I mean, they were divine, really. Like, it was a, they were a work of art. They were so good. And we found this recipe, New York Times Cooking, which they should, uh, they should sponsor us. Yeah. Because we try all their recipes, and they're, it's awesome. You have to pay to get the recipes. But it's that good. It. Yeah. Their recipes are better than anybody else's. Anyways, it's this green bean thing with, uh, you like saute the green beans with like a little bit of garlic and some chili peppers or chili powder or chili flakes. I mean, excuse me, one of those chili derivatives. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's pasta with like some Parmesan and like mm. olive oil. Super really, it's super basic, but you get like, you, you just kind of flash cook the green beans and the garlic and the chili flakes so they're still like really crispy and then you get this like fresh garlic and olive mm. oil fresh green beans just with butter yeah. and salt even yeah. are and it's, yeah. incredible and put, so that sounds on it. yeah you put some butter on it and some pecorino romano and it gets this like brightness with the cheese you get this like and it's not very much cheese it's just a little bit just the dusting so good that sounds really good yeah. anyways back to song you wrote it, and you accidentally ripped off Soundgarden. Yes. So this and is our official apology to Soundgarden. Yeah. Well, they, <laughs> you know, they never knew, so <laughs> it's kind of a, it's kind of a little secret. Uh, Did but, I not tell you they're the main listeners, like the band members of no. Soundgarden? Yeah, they're they're really? actually yeah they're like how many are there three four? <laughs> they're the main um, listeners. Only three, only three left. Oh. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Great band. Yeah. Well, which song did you first write that you actually loved? Like, this is yours, and you felt like, oh, I want to write songs because... I mean, you might have loved that one, too, but which one was the one where you were like, I want to do this more? Okay, so I actually totally remember... I had written a couple of songs. Like, they were okay, but I remember being at this party, and this guy, infinitely cooler than I was, one of the cool... Like, one of the cool guys had the cool car everybody wanted to be around him just was a cool dude and really good at the guitar mm-hmm. like like shredder amazing guitar player so he he plays a song and it was good it was good and one of my homegirls was there and she was like let Shipley play and I was like no don't do that because I I had had a lot, a lot to drink and 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 other things as well. Mm-hmm. So I was really in a in a pretty pretty wild mindset. And he handed me these cards like, "Play something, man." And um, man, I've seen this scene been, in some coming of age like angsty childhood movie, like <laughs> you know. Except this is like the climatic moment where like the cool guys handing you a guitar and you're gonna be. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like, seriously? Okay, this dude was like, people wanted to be with this guy 
because of his status, because of like who he knew and his, he was kind of a minor celebrity and he still is in, in the small town that I'm from in Southeastern Iowa. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think it's important to know that he was like, like his, uh, enigma and his clout was like, it was bigger than just, you know, he wasn't a sports guy. He wasn't a jock. He was a, one of the alternative like metal guys who was also a, a glass blower and, you know, again, just played the game and really handsome and all the things mm-hmm. like fit, it had a nice truck had a lot of money like all of the things that people typically desire to be around and especially when i think i was 17 and he's out of high school and i'm hanging out with these guys and i was one of the only high school kids that was allowed to come hang out with these guys Mm -hmm. like so it was cool just to be there Um, it's getting to seem like you were cool too travis you're like looking around all these guys are cool they let me hang out with them kind of seems like you were a cool guy too I was pretty cool too, but like, I was still very much along for the ride. Yeah. Like they let me, it was, and it's okay. I don't, I don't mind admitting that they, they let me hang out with them because I was pretty cool, but still like, they're all, <laughs> they're all like in their like late teens, early twenties. And I was still in high school, right. like one of the only high school kids there. So they hand me the guitar. And at the time I was doing I was doing a fucking shitload of freestyle rapping. Like, we were freestyle rapping all the time. I didn't know you had that. Oh, my God. We used to freestyle so much, and it would be like, boom, topic, boom, boom, give me a couple words, and just, I used to be really, I used to be really good at it. That does make sense. It does make sense to our banter and improv where you'll take a word and we'll just like bounce it back and forth and you have made up songs on the spot. I do see that still coming through. So he gives me the guitar and I made up a song on the spot. Travis. And it was really good. Like I, I, in my memory, it was really good because everybody was just like, wow, that's really good. And then like, I couldn't remember it. Oh no. And they're like, (laughs) no cell phones to record it. Because I was like six sheets to the wind. This was before cell phones, uh, and I had no idea. And so, you know, they're like, play that song again. I'm like, Shh. <laughs> you know, a couple of weeks later, they're like, oh, You're like, you're like, it. hum it to me. Could you, could you, let's hear how, I was looking for some backup vocals. Could you sing a little bit of the chorus for me? I had no idea. So it was, that was kind of funny, but it, it, it gave me this idea of like, oh man, you know, people really do like this kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I churned out a bunch of songs in between like this, like the summer in between my junior and senior year till I graduated from high school, I churned mm-hmm. out a bunch of songs that, that were like decent songs. I recorded them. Uh, that I recorded it on a tape. I made a bunch of tapes, yeah. like a bunch of tapes. I gave them away. I sold them a bunch of people, re-recorded them and redistributed them there's still people who have the tapes a lot of people really like the tapes um are there are any of those the songs you still play so as far as like um the stuff that i still play is that's just like my solo singer songwriter stuff i hardly play anything that's pre-wisconsin and that's where the vast majority of like 
my catalog would lie, I would say. Yeah. It's, it sounds weird saying that, but if I look at the bulk of the songs I've written, most of them happened before I moved to Wisconsin. But the ones you and play I, are the posts? like The ones I play are all songs that I've written. Is that because... Is that because you don't like the pre-Wisconsin ones anymore? Or that's not really you anymore? Or is it like something else? That's not, that's not true. There's like two songs. There's like two songs that I still play. Okay. So I just, I was like, that's not true. There's like two songs that I still yeah. play. But yeah, no, it just, it doesn't feel relevant to how I feel. And like, I feel like when when you look at music as this form of this is, I've got to say something, but I don't want to necessarily say it directly, mm-hmm. I guess, which was always a problem for me is like, I wanted to say something, but I didn't want to say it directly. So like a lot of the shit that I used to write is very, it's very laden with metaphor and it's very indirect. And like, it kind of reflects this, kind of chicken shit way that I was living life Mm -hmm. and I'm not ashamed to admit Mm -hmm. that that I didn't like conflict and I really avoided talking about things that were Mm -hmm. confrontational or or any type of way that could kind of upset anybody and Mm -hmm. not to tangent too much but I just had a conversation with uh, with this girlfriend of mine who like we we've been friends since like 2004 2005 and like i kind of had a thing for her back in the day and we've talked about that which has been really cool to like talk about like that process it's just it's just an interesting mm-hmm. thing to be open about it and honest about it mm-hmm. and i it's kind of taught me a lot about communication but one of the things she brought up something and I mentioned, uh, I just mentioned something about like that situation, that period of time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's not true. Like, and I'm like, no, that had to be true. She's like, that's not at all true. And it made me kind of have this really conscientious, like I believed it. So I thought it was true. Yeah. And how much of my time on this planet have I spent? just believing something that wasn't true but believing it yeah and not and not about, questioning about yourself or about the situation just about like my reality mm. and yeah. and or what reality or reality in general <laughs> yeah. what that that is you right know? And, and i know that that kind of kind of sounds like a real obvious thing but it made me think really deeply about like a whole host of other things and mm. i'm lucky that i didn't deep dive and spiral off into like a field full of regrets because <laughs> you know what I mean like it, it was really interesting yeah. to be like man yeah. I can't count the number of times where I've kind of created like a uh, I've created a story yeah absolutely and, and I've believed that story yeah and in, and it wasn't it wasn't fucking real mm-hmm. yeah um, uh, and, that that's kind of like the it feels like the flip side of the creative brain, right? So you can imagine all these scenarios and then if they make sense and they kind of hold together and you're like, well, 
that's probably what's happening with that whole situation. They're talking about this. They're into that. They hate me because of this. They probably talked about, like, you just construct the whole plausible scenario, and it works as a story. And because it works as a story and it hits enough of the points that reflect your inner monologue with yourself and your your perceived flaws or your injuries or all that, you just take it and run with it. And there is a weird thing where it's like you can incept yourself to the point that you don't even remember you never got confirmation about that because it felt confirmed. It felt like the truth. And then you layer it in and it becomes a baked in layer of your personal identity. And then it's like there, it like, I mean, I've reframed how I've thought of myself many times and also had moments where it's like things that I just assumed about myself. I had a contradiction where I'm like, I know there's some things that are changing about me, but that feels like the top layer. And I feel like there's this kind of like, more hardened base layers that are just like, well, that's how I am. And then when I've realized that those are kind of molten too, and those aren't really set in stone, it's like, okay, then what, what am I, what, what am I then? What story is this? But yeah. So overall it felt like a, I mean, it sounds like you said you could have spiraled off into a field of regrets, but overall it felt like a positive challenge to your personal narrative of yourself or to life. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, like, going back to songwriting, um, I just, I, I've been writing down short things. And mm-hmm. sometimes those will spiral off into long things. And sometimes they just stay as short things. But something I wrote down the other day, and it was, it was, it was like, uh, like one thing that hip hop and punk rock taught me is to just say exactly what you mean. Mm. <laughs> and straight shooting. Uh, and and so a lot of the you know the songs that I've been writing, especially in the last like four or five years, they're very frank. They're just very honest and kind of boom. They're yeah. earnest it's on the spot. It's succinct. There's a lot of humor in it. Yeah. And it feels like the most authentic songwriting that I've ever done because I'm saying exactly the way I feel. I'm saying it the way that I would say it, which yep. I like, I like humor. I like it to be funny, even shitty, sad, awful things. I think we can be funny about it. If, if yep. it's, you know, it's the mix of all. I, it's one thing I love about your music, by the way, uh, is that any of your songs, I mean, Someone else, I guess, could sing it, but it is so you. It's like a Travis capsule of like, there's always something within the lyrics that is just like, that's so Travis. Like, that's how he would say that. That's what he says. That's what he says about his knees. That's what, you know, like whatever the thing is where it's like, it's so you that it it actually feels even more relatable because it's so personal. You know, it's not generic you get really specific in some of your lyrics and i feel like some people try to go more towards well if we keep it really vague then more people could connect with it and really i found for almost every everything the more personal it is and specific like someone was carrying a tulip in their right hand on the morning they heard their dad died someone can be like oh me too except i was chewing gum when i heard you know like it's a different specificity but it's so specific that we relate to it and it's that personal touch but yeah your songs are essence of Travis, and it's a great essence. Thanks. I I think that the, it's those those concrete details that 
that that's the craft work of like really great narrative is having something that you know, nobody gives a shit about this vague stuff yeah when, no. you, when you when you look at it it's at it it doesn't matter and I, I actually would I don't listen to a lot of podcasts and it's just because I usually listen to music right so the other day I was like I'll listen to a podcast and I turned on this I was like a, a song songwriting podcast mm-hmm. I'll check this out and you know I, it was <laughs> it was insulting <laughs> it was insulting it really was you know because they're the way that the way and and I don't mean to disparage the person it just I'm listening to this person talk about how to write a song and I was like that's how to write a shitty song mm. like like that's not yeah you could yeah you could write a song like what it what but, what points walk me through, like what points were you differing on like I guess if they you were can like remember a... when they were talking about just when they were talking specifically like the words like and I'm a snob with words I know that uh. <laughs> so I mean we're, <laughs> looking we're, in a mirror this is a good yeah it's good, good snobbery. Mm-hmm. And so when they're just talking about like keeping language very simple and, and keeping things kind of, kind of vague so that it's, you know, more, uh, not necessarily mass appeal, but like, you, you know, stick to like a very singular topic and just be very like rooted in that. And I'm like, man, I, I don't know. I think that I think that you can have more than one topic. I think that if you say it the right way, it can be interesting. And I think that I think that there's a lot of good songs out there, but I think that there's the market is flooded with mediocre songwriting. Yeah. And, you know, I I say that I'm armchair quarterback in the whole thing. I I, I mean, you I, have written songs. You have some place to speak. And I also I I I personally think that there is. Just because there is the flood of kind of mediocrity, I do actually think that people want better. Like they a do. lot of people do. And they're getting what they're getting and they want something different, but they're just kind of consuming because that's what they've got. But I do think that there's still a shockwave that comes through when people hear something that is like whatever it is that's really connected to that person's energy field in their heart like when they put out something that's really raw to whatever their truth or their experience is it still has that resonance that hits like uh like what's his face you know have you have you heard of the phenomenon that's blowing up the dude whatever his name is oliver anthony oh the richmond from richmond yeah yeah, right which like I feel like that's crossing genres because people are res- like clearly there's a wave that that's hitting, you know, and well, it's working man's blues, man. It's, well, it's, that'll get the people riled up if the working if the working men are blue. <laughs> he's got the working men's he's got the working man pedigree and he's got a little bit of that southern twang. Yeah, so he's not too socialist to keep the good old boys away, <laughs> right? And and the thing is, is that. You know, with that guy in particular, he's singing for all of us, and right. I don't want to focus on on him too much, yeah. just because he's getting his he's, airplay. Oh, he's getting his airplay. His I'm person. I'm more saying no, that no, it exists. No, no. You can I, see I, that when someone somebody, hits their own pulse, it sometimes hits other people's too. Some t- somebody, but somebody told me about that 
guy and I checked that song out and I was I, I mean I brought a tear to my eye I'm not even shitting you it brought mm-hmm. a fucking tear to my eye because I'm like this is like what we need this is this is this is our right now like revolution anthem mm-hmm. and you know I've been trying to write that son of a bitch for years mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which sometimes it's cathartic when someone else does it because you just want it out there. You want something, you want to hear it and resonate with it. But sometimes it's like, ah, I want to be the one. Not yeah. because you want to have the fit, but just because it's something that's in you too that would feel really good to actually be able to let it out. You know, like yeah. it isn't so much of a, oh, I want to, like the people who just want to achieve, like for me as a writer, the people who just want to achieve the next great American novel, Just it yeah. just feels like such a hollow vacuum. I mean, which teach their own on what your goals are. But that For just sure. feels like you just want to fill a spot that you see. And I see it more as like, do you have something that's flowing out of you? Because just like sitting there like, well, I'm going to write it. And it's like, that just feels like you see a void that you need to fill. Which I feel more like if you're in the void and inside the void, you just feel the need to like put this thing into form. Great. Go for that. Like that's yeah. the next great American novel if it exists. If it exists. <laughs> it will. It will. Will. Yeah, if it's brought forth from the void. Ooh, what you sipping? Moonshine? Just some water. Just some water. Out the big jar. Oh, yeah, you got the big jar. Got the water in the big jar today. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were talking about, I did want to, we were talking about the pre-Wisconsin songs, and you said that mostly they don't really resonate with who you've continued, who you've become now. Well, I think, again, part of that is so many of those songs came from this perspective of just a uh, an unwavering belief in where I was at in the world mm-hmm. and specifically like you know my relationship with the opposite sex mm-hmm. uh, and and so yeah I could see that getting kind of tired of you don't want to sing about somebody you liked when you were 18 it's like eh, that's kind of right <laughs> And and or or the the kind of the notion of the unrequited love, right? When when a it didn't have to be unrequited, right? It was just unspoken love. You made a thing that happened that wasn't real, you know? Right. And like and so then like the whole tragedy of that is not a. It's not tragedy. It's almost a comedy. Connections on Craigslist. It's a tragedy of. I made this shit up. <laughs> oh, shit. I, you know what I mean? No, I do. When we were, actually, when we were visiting Wisconsin, Ethan and I were listening to the radio, and I don't know what the song was, but I think it was, he had put on, like, a band he used to like when he was a teenager. And then he was, like, we were listening to the songs, and they were so, you know, emo is the word. But yeah. that's such a shame that music, that like, that music gets labeled as emo. But the main emotion is just, like, pining and yeah. entitlement and this feeling of like you don't get me but also i'm not telling you anything and it's just like you're, you're bad at communicating is what all the song is telling us like you didn't right. shoot your shot and you're upset or or the other ones where it's like aggressively convinced that which i don't i these aren't your songs but i'm saying the yeah. ones that used no, to no. sound romantic that now as an adult you listen to and you're like uh he's obsessed <laughs> with her and she doesn't think that they're right together, but he's going to convince her. And it's just like, 
this isn't healthy. Like, move on, no. bud. Like, move no, on. <laughs> it's so toxic. Yeah. Yeah. I I uh I listened to everything that I had recorded uh over the winter. I was doing a plumbing project down here in my music room mm-hmm. and I listened to a bunch I listened to all the all my old recordings and like you know, some of the songs I can admit they're good. Yeah. And there's a couple of them in particular that like I mean there's still people who have that tape who still listen to it. I just gotta text from a friend the other day who has a ring that I made with her who was like, I listen to this all the time. Mm. Which like that's so cool, you know, yeah. and when I was really pushing my when I was really pushing my music, like I was actually selling it and independently distributing it. When I moved to Wisconsin, it's just like I don't know, I I I just shifted gears towards other things and yeah. it became less important. Yeah. Um and part of it was because I started playing with From the Forest. Mm. And the music that I'm making with these guys is, in my opinion, and also for sure, it's I think it's the best music that I've ever been a part of. And it's definitely my favorite that I've ever been a part it's of. It's good shit. And, yeah. And like, I loved it's funny because I loved playing like punk rock and heavy metal. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And there's no, like, there's no better feeling than like getting a crowd amped up and watching a bunch of kids just like mercilessly <laughs> smash into each other <laughs> to a guitar riff that you wrote. Isn't like, that funny? It's loud. Yeah. Yeah. It's loud and it's aggressive and there's like beer flying and it's sweat and blood and like, it's wild, you yeah. know? So that feeling is so incredible, but like, the music that we're making right now, I feel like it's super authentic. Uh, they give me a lot of shit because I'm not producing very many lyrics, which it's true, but the ones that I'm producing are like, it's some of my favorite stuff. Good. So Quality I over quantity. Come on, boys. Exactly. <laughs> but but it has it has kind of segued a lot of the, the singer-songwriter stuff in, until just the last... Just before COVID, I started writing a bunch of kind of, they're almost more like country songs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're some of the best like singer-songwriter stuff yeah. that, I've, that I've written. So and I feel that's, like I'm... that's solo like, stuff without the band or that's stuff that you're incorporating into the band's repertoire too? Only a couple of the solo th- songs have made it into the band. Because mm-hmm. a lot of it, like, it just feels more like a country song. Yeah. Yeah. And... It doesn't. It just doesn't feel right. Yeah, the lyrics don't really support a strong bass and drum. With it, it's more of like, no, let the guitar and the voice say this. Yeah, exactly. And like the way, I don't know the way that I the way that I write lyrics for from the forest. It just always feels different than when I write lyrics for yeah acoustic stuff, and I don't know. I don't know why that yeah. is. I mean, they do have different the the feel like from the forces does feel a little bit like you're not quite banging your head but you're at least in motion that way on some of the songs and yours are a little bit more like uh side by side side to side kind of motion like it just they have a different sort of flavor for sure but i am curious because like pd that's also 
pretty big right now. I feel like oh, I love Petey. he he's the most not he's his own very unique. You know, like PD songs are very PD put into them. It seems like, and but it reminds me of you in that way. And he actually, I'm I'm interested that like his songs, I could also see as just being a singer songwriter, and he's just playing with a guitar. But he does incorporate the band and has like very different tones on some of the songs. Like some of them are a little bit more like electronica, or that may not be the right. But have you heard the new yeah. album? Oh yeah, yeah, so good, oh, so it. good. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll wait is, uh, I love that it's like, it's like punk rock. It's so good. That and one then, reminds uh, me the most of your style. Yeah. God, I, I love it. And then like, I can't listen to don't tell the boys without crying. And then I mean, really the video it, for it is the most wholesome uh, thing in the world. Like uh, even just the song. And when it gets to the, the line, like there were, there was like a week straight where I had just the line, uh, like, what is it? Three seasons of the OC till Marissa fucking dies. I had yes. that in a loop in my head for like a week. But just the song is heartwarming. But the song plus the we video is so sweet. Like the the fact that they're both so such non actors and they're just like very it's, yeah very genuine and awesome. Yeah, it's precious. It. it gives yeah. me it gives me hope that there's people like that in the yeah. world. I I I enjoy his music so yeah. much it really does it really does get me pretty yeah. emotional yeah. like it just there's a there's a couple of the songs i can't remember the names of all of them but right. uh, haircut yeah know, haircut. <laughs> uh, i'm telling you though his lyrics and like where they're kind of they're there's comedy in them but they also get like yes. get a little emotional gut punch sort of feeling yeah really reminds me of your lyrical style and music Thank so you. yeah so I, I which is why i say again because it seems like he's blowing up in a pretty good way and that's yeah. why i'm like it is encouraging to see that like not that people have to like what i like and that's what will yeah. help save the world is if they like the music i like but i feel like he's a talented person and a good like musician and it's nice to see him doing his thing in his own way very in a very un, like I don't feel like he's playing by someone else's playbook. He's playing by the PD playbook, and it's working yeah. for him. And that's nice to see. Yeah. Like that, yeah. it's cool. Yeah, it's it's it, it's a beautiful thing. And I think also like, you know, he does the this multi thematic song songwriting. There's more than one thing happening. Right. And that's what makes them good. Is there's that humor, and then there's stark reality, and then contrasting with yeah. like this underlying tone of dread but it's funny <laughs> it's you like know, I, really sweet existential dread yeah and it's very it's relatable really, it's really relatable and that's something that i know that like i've been trying to do and i've been working on a song that is is really sad and i've written a couple of really sad songs in the last couple of years and like it kind of sucks i don't even like playing them because they're really sad <laughs> They're good. Yeah. So, do you feel any I mean, like catharsis in playing them? Like, does it feel relieving, or does it just feel like a downer at the end? Uh, the one feels like a fucking downer for sure. Hmm. Um, and I really want to just record them mm -hmm. and then probably not play them anymore. But <laughs> let let the but, world have them, but you don't have to keep putting. I 
I feel like that would be really challenging to have, like, that's kind of why I'm happy that I'm not a songwriter, honestly, because I feel like I would have such distinct eras, and I wouldn't want to hear my eras, Taylor Swift, coming back at me. Like, if I was done with that relationship, I would not want to keep singing a song that I had written about it. Like, I find that very relatable. And I, even though I can see, like, it's a singable song, I get that it's good, but I don't want to keep think like, or just be like, well, this love song is now about my new person. Like, it just feels so, like, I would want to scorch the earth <laughs> a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Or, like, not have it be as tied in public. And so having the ability to be a little bit more hidden in writing and have stories that are separate from me that I can put some things in, but it's a little bit more distant and not just, you know, and now everyone and their brother is going to be humming the song or being like, my favorite song is this one. It's like, Ugh, I wish that that wasn't out there. Can I delete it from your brain? But also the the liberty and the like, what is it? The When you're generous, when you're just like, let them, let them have it. Like, let people have the art that you don't like and they like it. And then they can, that song means something to them. It doesn't have to mean shit to you anymore. You can move exactly. on and do other stuff and it doesn't have to be your legacy and if it is, who cares? What's a legacy anyway? What is a legacy? It's it's what people remember about you after you're dead. Yeah, you missed the yeah. Hamilton option there, but that's all right. We don't want to get we don't want to get the, sued for copyright infringement. What is a legacy? It's planting uh, seeds in a garden you never get to see. Isn't that it? Oh, yeah, planting planting trees you'll never get to sit in the shade of. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. But the other part is you don't know which one is going to be the tree necessarily, you know, like the art that takes off versus the art that doesn't like did, uh, was it Michelangelo who did the Mona Lisa, right? Did Michelangelo think that was his best painting or is it just the one that but, randomly, you know what I mean? Like, was it Da Vinci? Mona Lisa? Was it Da Vinci? Yeah, you're probably right. It's one of those guys. I, I haven't know. looked at them in a while. No, you're probably right. Don't be timid. I thought it was Da Vinci because Mona Lisa. I'm gonna type here. Mona Lisa was. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Leonardo da Vinci. You're correct. Thank you. Anyways, but did Da Vinci think this is my banger? Like this is what the world will remember (laughs) me for? Like if you were to put a lot of art in a room and put the Mona Lisa in there, how many people, without knowing anything? would choose that as the best painting or the one that we're all going to reference as being the most famous painting. Like it's, it's weird. The things that become the memes and that become like the cultural zeitgeist. And I don't necessarily think the artist can predict it. I think it just hits a certain wave and it gets the updraft and all of a sudden the Mona Lisa is what everybody knows, even if they don't know art, like it's, it's arbitrary. It's art arbitrary. It's so arbitrary. It's, I mean, the guy duct taped the banana to the canvas. Right. And, right. And it was, it, that was, which I saw that and I, I scoffed and I'll continue to scoff. <laughs> I, I, I'm several people inside myself and one, one of them kind of loves absurdist humor because I kind of do think, and absurdist art, I would consider like that kind of art as kind of absurdist art. And there's a part of me oh, yeah. that's like, why, like everything everything is art yeah sure like you can see the beauty and the composition of those things and just because it happens to be like a windex bottle and the corner of the couch doesn't mean that it's not beautiful or it doesn't have some angles or lines that are like affecting and so part of me is like yeah send it tape the banana to the wall i i get it or even if i don't get it i don't need to get it that's the whole point 
and then there's another part of me that is cynical snob that's just like come on try a little harder <laughs> like put a little more into it because and but honestly i feel like there's there's still with it there's still to me a range where you can tell if someone really felt inspired or if they were just kind of like bullshitting like oh yeah they'll get this and it's like you know like i i think there's a difference and maybe it's just a signature i'm picking up or something that i'm responding to in it that they didn't really have in it but it feels like there's a difference to me and yeah there's plenty of it where i'm just like that feels affected and I'm not affected. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like that feels like affected and I'm not affected. <laughs> so right. you missed the right. mark with me. Like there's no, there's nothing coming off that. Whereas I saw a, uh, a Van Gogh in person at Van Gogh, whatever it is at the Milwaukee art museum. And I wept and I had no idea why I was crying at this painting. Like I had looked at all these other, and I was just standing in front of it and the brush strokes and the colors. And I mean, it's, I think it was a scene in Italy or something. I haven't been to Italy. I don't have family from Italy. There's no logical reason that I can put together, but I was just crying at it. And I'm like, well, art, you don't have to cry at art for it to be moving or good, but what, what is with that painting that I'm standing there crying or what's with me? <laughs> I mean, either way, one of the two, there's something. <laughs> you do. There's yeah. Good. Yeah, I mean, it could have something to do. Now that I think about it, here's an explanation. It could have something to do with there was a Doctor Who episode where they got Van Gogh and they showed him that he became famous because he was really discouraged and they were trying to encourage him, but then like he still, you know, killed himself and yeah. didn't ever really know and just felt like a failure. And so it is something where it's like, you did beautiful world that the world appreciates now, most of it. And you didn't know in your lifetime. And there is a sadness to me about that. Like, yeah. I, if, if an artist is unknown but thinks and knows that they're doing good work and likes it, that feels more like a successful artist to me than someone who yeah. is miserable, thinks they're not doing good work, and then just kind of dies with their arms up like, oh, I guess nobody likes this. That's sad to me. Oh, it's so tragic. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that you're already successful then. You know that you're yeah. making good things. It's, it's, I mean, it's taken, it's taken a bit to be able to kind of trust my own good taste right. on that. Right. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I still, I still would say that I, that I struggle with it, but I've, you know, I've gotten to the point where I can be like, okay. This doesn't suck. Yeah, and right. It might not be. Oh, this is amazing, but I can be like, this. This isn't shitty. Do you do and, you feel like there's any like, especially because that one song when the cool guy handed the guitar came out so easily, and then it was like you trusted yourself to make songs. But is there any like doubt of well, it comes easily, so it must like. I was just having this idea that when like, I writing comes pretty naturally to me, and I don't really think about how I write necessarily or my writing versus someone else's and so when someone's like that's not that easy for me to just like write like that I'm like oh am I forgetting that this is a gift of mine and downgrading it just because it feels as natural to me as breathing you know like if you can write a song easily does it did you kind of forget <laughs> that your song might actually be really good just because you're able to do it so easily and you don't have to struggle for it do you know what I mean yeah uh, well 
I know that I, at some, like I said, when I moved to Wisconsin, I stopped doing the, a lot of the singer songwriter stuff. And so I stopped doing a lot of the making shit right up, just making shit up. Right. I used to do that a lot. Right. And it kind of, like, I wish that I, I wish that I had a, some recordings of some of the stuff because I have like a couple of recordings of a couple of things. And I'm like, man, that's cool. I don't know how I played it. I've sat down and like tried to play along with it and like can't figure out what I did. And I'm like, man, that was really cool. I just made that up. Yeah. Right. Just, I don't know. So I think that does help like kind of trusting my gut. Right. I guess. Right. It's almost just like the ability to hold the gate open and let the thing through, you know, like it's not so much about, okay, I'm going to sharpen my knives and I'm going to perfectly carve up this song. It's almost like an ability to just kind of like go to me, at least an ability to just kind of like let the gatekeeper out of the way, like give him the day off and just kind of like let things flow through. And then as soon as you're like, wait, how did I do? It's like all you did was kind of like let it come through and whatever at least for me when i kind of just go into i'm just gonna kind of let the sluice is that what it is you know like the the sluice channel or whatever let it open yeah and see what happens yeah open open the open the gates (laughs) open the gates release the river open the gates (laughs) (laughs) no it does it does feel like that sometimes and it it, 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 it comes in waves too right. it's like sometimes it's this huge rush of, of ideas and emotion and, and inspiration and then sometimes it's that drought I know everybody oh yeah I think everybody who does creative stuff experiences that and it's yeah I don't know it's tough I, yeah. I've been trying really hard to find different ways to to be continuously inspired and like it sucks sometimes i don't want to do anything (laughs) yeah i think there's a dry season i feel like the fallow time is important if you cannot freak out that it's not ever going to come back it's like a little downbeat and then you usually come back with things that you've gathered from not just being in output mode you're kind of like taking the stuff in to then be able to rework that sound garden <laughs> riff yeah <laughs> no, I'm just yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah it is the, I, it is nerve-wracking sometimes like where did it go i said a while ago to a friend i was like one of the best things about skateboarding is not skateboarding and like i at the time i was skateboarding a lot more than i than i have been and so it holds a little bit of a different weight to it, but like I feel that way about creative stuff too. Though it's like sometimes you got to just put it down and walk away from it. Right. I, and I know that's like super cliche, but like I've been I've been welding a lot. I've been doing a lot of sculpture, and like I'll get Ooh. super inspired and I'll go out and I'll just weld for a couple of hours and like just to kind of get better and see if I can do stuff and play with it. That sounds see what fun. Happens. And then, like, the next day I'll be like, oh, I want to go work on that. And I'm like, I want to play the guitar instead. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the, it's, it's the freedom to fuck off. It's the PD song. It's the like, freedom to fuck you off. Wanna have, you want to have the things you want to do, but you also want to feel free to not do them. 
Because as soon as you yeah. feel like you have to do them, they don't feel as inspired. They feel more like a chore. And so yeah, letting yourself go where, like, oh, I'm just going to let myself not do that today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm building Lou a treehouse, and uh, that's been incredibly rewarding because, again, it was one of those, I kind of created the story and I was really stressed out about it, and I, I told Meredith, I said, I don't, I don't want to work on the barn. I don't want to work on the skate ramp. I want to build Louisa a treehouse. Mm-hmm. And I had like kind of created this whole like how that conversation was going to go, and it didn't go like that at all. It went completely the opposite. That's nice. And I was just like, you know, and and like again, it's it's kind of redefining my reality of like let's not define it internally let's let's talk about everything Mm. and i think that's it's helped me it's helped me as a songwriter want to write songs that have those concrete details and i don't know yeah say exactly what i say it just fucking say what i want yeah yeah don't beat around the bush get to the point yeah Yeah. that is it's a good quality. And and I still struggle with it because I'm not afraid of conflict, but I I want people to like me. Right. I was going to say it's interesting cuz I see you as a pretty frank person. Like you'll you'll say some you'll say some off-color yeah. remarks or some, you know, you're not afraid. I don't perceive yeah. you as afraid to, you know, rouse some rabble or whatever. But I can see also similar to me the desire to please maybe not all the people but some of the people some of the people some of the people yeah that'd be nice we like that it's nice to not only feel like you're agitating people <laughs> like it's kind of nice to feel like you're having a good effect and i spent a good amount of time being incredibly abrasive intentionally just to fucking get a rise out of people right and and no, not not trolling on the internet, but like talking shit to people and just being loud and obnoxious. Yeah, you know, and and so like I didn't really I, I didn't really like who I was at that time, and so I I don't want to I don't want to be perceived that way. Mm-hmm. I have a good reputation, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with like it's not about I guess it's not about like seeking validation from others or seeking validation from strangers because I definitely have done a lot of that and that's highly unproductive Mm. but but like having a good reputation and being liked it has a lot of benefits well I mean it's not it's really natural to need and want connection so you know we're not it's not that we're performing ourselves and want everybody to always be clapping, but it is really nice to speak words and know that someone hears and understands, you know? Like, we're not just speaking into the void again, that there is something else that's pinging back, which I think is part of why I get so drawn to being the clown and or just, like, riffing, because if I can make people laugh, it's a visible marker that my words have connected. 
you know? Yeah. And you can tell if it's a real laugh or not. And if I can get people's real laughs going, I mean, and also people who are, like, easy to make laugh, it's like, I, I feel like a kid <laughs> that was given too many pennies to buy candy or something, like, I will just keep, like, let's just, go. let's go, let's just, you know, or people who have really good laughs that you just really like hearing them, you know? But it's easier, it's easier than seeing if someone, like, I've been told after the fact if, like, some words that I said that were more on, like, a, not serious, but, like, some insight I said off the cuff or whatever, if it lands, I've been told after the fact. And that's gratifying, too, because it's nice to know that something meant something to somebody, you know? That's just nice. But the laughter is so immediate that it's such a little a little rush, like a little microdose of affirmation of, aha, they got me. And I and I also feel the vibe of them like going up too, like they're like they're more happy, and that's like the buzz on the canoe trips too. Like between like like you and Sam will just kind of go back and forth a lot, and like just it, it feels like uh, verbal badminton, just like batting something back and forth, and every time yeah. there's like a little extra spin on it, and it delights me. It delights me too. Those those kind of exchanges have always been kind of just kind of the pinnacle of communication for me of of <laughs> like it's creative it's expressive it's funny yeah. um, it's you you know it's very present so like but then it draws on yesterday right it feels like togetherness where like you would like we did like characters on you and I did like characters on this last canoe trip and it was based on something that we don't need to get into but then we ended up being like two washer women who just kept talking about like I don't know if you remember these characters that but we were going far off the original uh inspiration point and just being these characters that were like oh did you see Celia oh she got a foot cream like I don't know where it started but we were having such a good time with it that feels like togetherness if that was like most of our interaction on the trip and I left him like, so is Travis still at that job? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing in his personal life, yeah. but we had a great time together. Who <laughs> like... fucking cares? We were together. <laughs> yeah, we created a really fun moment. That's what I know. And then, I don't know. I mean, not to say I don't care about where you work or no, how no, your life course. is going, but I really, I, I cherish those kinds of interactions with friends where it's like, you just kind of, you made something together in that moment, of that moment. And it's not just talking yeah. about people that aren't there or things that aren't there. You're like in that moment and something new is there because of how right. you played it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so, it's so menial. The amount of time we spend with small talk and dumb shit that like, it's good. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. No. It's good. Yeah. But I value that, like that, that spontaneous combustion yeah. of it's like especially when it's silly and ridiculous and <laughs> yeah. just like i mean to to i know that it's something that i've always done and my mom and i will do it she will go into accents especially when we've had a couple of yeah couple of things yeah we'll slip into these accents and my brother will do it too and it drives my dad fucking crazy <laughs> he can't really do accents well and my mom and my brother and I like will slip into a British accent or an, or an Irish accent or some kind of yeah. you know colonial English yeah. and uh, just riff on it all kinds of yeah. shit 
It's like permission to play a character with people that you know as one character, but now you're playing a different, you're all playing different characters. Yeah. It's so fun to just make up a character out of nowhere for no reason, with no outcome. Just like, yeah, you know, yeah. That's Kevin over there. (laughs) His his stepdad, Mike, he's a real jerk. He drives a dirt bike to work every day. It's just like the joy of an accident and of being somebody else. Because a lot of times the things that are being said, like, it's not that we were saying, we weren't saying jokes. It was just us being, or you and your family being these characters is the funny part or the fun part. Or it's like, you're on vacation from being Travis and Max and Diana, you know, now you're these new identities. And it feels like, it's like a free fall. You don't yeah. know what you're going to say next. You don't know what they're going to say next because you have no markers. You're creating it together in the moment. Like, I think I'm realizing how much I like improv comedy, but. Yeah, totally. No, it's, it's so much fun. And, um, you know, I've got, there's, I really don't have a whole lot of friends that will just like dive into Same. the, you know. Yeah. The, the, Oh, yeah. oh, my Uncle Jeff works with Mike. He's a real creep. Last year after he got his DUI, you know, he couldn't go deer hunting. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's just like, what are you doing? And then it's just dropped. Which that and, like, movie quotes and show quotes, like, that was kind of my family's language was movies yeah. and just saying lines oh, yeah. out of nowhere, referencing it. Like, there are still just touchstone movies and quotes that are a large portion of our way of communicating and then when you guys have any particular movies there were um some jimmy stewart movies there's a lot of black and white movies honestly now that i'm thinking through it we were cultivating a vernacular (laughs) together (laughs) like we all had we had a little like family language but then when you leave the family island all of a sudden it's like oh nobody else knows marx brothers i'm gonna have to learn a whole new language (laughs) and but anyway on the canoe trip when janelle you and janelle mostly we're just running movie and show quotes non-stop for like was it hours it felt like hours sometimes it felt like days but then it just it was delightful it would like get to the point of like it's too much i think everyone's annoyed and all of a sudden you just hear someone else laugh and it just would get back to being funny again and it was it was a delight I, it just a, feels like two otters handing a stone back. Like, here's my here's my <laughs> gift to you. This is something you already have seen, but you'll carry it around for a little bit, and then they like just passing it back and forth. Oh, that's so funny. It it it, it can be. I'm sure it can be less fun when you're not in it. I love it though. <laughs> it, when you're in it though, the volley and just like every time there's a lull and the the ones that get repeated fifty times, like you don't even want to see in the drawings, like. Yeah. It's just so fun to say every time for and, me uh, and for you and for Janelle. It doesn't get old. It, it do- really doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't to me. It really doesn't. Yeah. We had uh, the uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou Yeah. was one that, I mean, my, I don't know how old that movie is. Yeah, my-, my dad will still be like, it was his hog wallet blood would done it. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he done are you in an OFT? Yeah, he done are you in an OFT? I still I still say that. We've been an are you in an OFT? That's such a good movie. That one just came out of nowhere. Two weeks from everywhere. There's a whole bunch of I don't know. There's a whole bunch of 
good good quotes from that movie, but yeah. that was definitely part of yep. our family. That was yeah. We ha- could have a cross pollination there. Shipley's to sharks. Yeah, yeah. Sharkies. That one was that one was in the mix. Uh, here a field and back in the field. There was something I saw. It was it was about songs. What was it about songs? If it comes back, it comes back. We'll let it go somewhere. Sometimes it's sometimes it's weird. Because, like, sometimes some of the songs are so deeply personal that, like, I don't necessarily want to ask people to listen to them because I feel like that's, like, too much look at me, look at me. Mm. I don't know. know. It's always been something that I've I've really struggled with. And I guess uh, I've only recently, very recently, kind of been able to put a term to it, which is, like... It's not that I think I'm the shit. It's that I think I'm a piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, but I'm, but I'm like really dealing with that better. Like, yeah, I'm talking only in the last like, like four or five weeks have I been able to be like, okay, wait, I can, I can process this in a positive way. Yeah, I understand that this isn't true. This right. is part of this story that yeah. I'm believing that yeah. that isn't real. Yeah. And like it almost feels like I'm waking up from this this dream, hmm. and it's weird. It's really weird. Like I'm like, oh fuck! I wonder how much other shit wasn't real. I've I've believed you've created your own Truman Show. You've the Travis Show. Yeah, and it's like this, but it's like realizing that like this kind of like sick fucking. I don't know. It's just interesting to think about that from a creative standpoint and being like okay wait i really want to be honest about this and like experience the real world and like that's how i want to approach making music too right it's like not not coming from this internal false narrative but coming from like what's real right which, I mean, it is, to me, I think we're always coming through some kind of lens. Like, we're never going to fully shed our personal lens and just see only objectively, because we're always coming through the viewfinder of this. Like, we can have moments of, oh, I take in your perspective, we can kind of aggregate a little bit of the perspectives. But it is also going to be pretty unique. It's just being aware of, like... I I was watching a bunch of 9-11 documentaries. It's fine. I was just in a moment. I needed to watch them. <laughs> and so, But it was, for some reason, very cathartic. But one of the things that was getting me was the eyewitnesses. Like, you think of eyewitness accounts. And that's usually given a little bit more, like, credence. And, like, they saw it. They were there. Their own eyes, you know? But depending on where you stood, you saw different things, you know? Yes. And so there was this guy that was adamantly saying for the second one, oh, it was an explosion. I, there was no plane. It's like, well, it was on the other side of the building and you were on a fixed roof on the other side, you know? So like yeah. having these, and we don't need to get into all because I know there's, there, <laughs> I see the light in your eye. I know. I'm just making a point. I'm not, I'm not coming down hard on truthers and uh, not all that stuff right now. I'm just saying in general, any event, somebody yeah. witnesses it. They see it, but they also see it 
and from where they were standing and with whatever they've got going on at the time. And so any, any experience in our life, like if I'm looking at the reality of what's around me, I'm still kind of doing it through a certain focus. And depending on how I'm focused, those things can kind of shift. Like I can start seeing things anyway. You get the point. Totally. <laughs> no, I totally, I totally understand. I think that's a really good, a really good point because, you know, that's there's so many, so many lenses at that point seeing the same thing and they're all seeing something kind of different. Right. It's like the different parts of the elephant or whatever that story about the religion. Yeah, gathered around the yeah. elephant. Like, what is it like? Oh, it's like a snake. Oh, it's like a tree. Oh, it's like a you know, just depending on which part of it they were touching, and it's like. Yeah. They're not wrong. They're just touching different parts of it. Exactly. And so kind of taking that same approach almost, I don't know. It's just interesting. It's interesting to be almost 40 years old and being like, wait a minute. <laughs> How am I? What is this? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of here and I'm not really realizing that I'm here because mm. I never really asked why I was here, what the fuck I was doing, Mm -hmm. which isn't to say that it's bad, but it's kind of like, oh, geez, I should probably uh, do something. Right. (laughs) Isn't that funny? We just kind of take it like and just start running. Like, what am I supposed to do? Okay, I'm supposed to go to school. Okay, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to get a license. Like, just kind of start running along the treadmill. And it's like, where did any of this, like, where are we? What are we doing? <laughs> no, it's so bizarre because exactly. It's like, whoa. That's why aliens don't really phase me <laughs> because it's like, I mean, when people are like, oh, there might be other life forms on other planets or they might have come to this planet. I'm like, we're on this planet. That's wild enough yeah. to me. Like, okay, yeah. sure. There could be even more. Like it just like anything existing cell phones, me being able to see your face and having like very minor technical glitches during the whole thing. Yeah. And then those would be the, what we now fixate on. Like, ah, oh, we have this, this expensive phone and this technology and it's not working properly. It's like, we have this expensive phone. Well, to leave out the price. We have this phone that can connect and I can see your face and we can hear each other. And I'm recording our voices on a separate device. Like all of this is mind-boggling to me. This is science fiction when we were kids. We're li- yeah, exactly. And now it's like it's the technology that's annoying us that isn't doing what we want it to. It's like, I mean, I saw something. They, I don't know if it was a real. I didn't delve in, but something about a flying car and possibly in the next ten years or whatever. It's like, which is funny because I feel like flying cars have been this benchmark for a while of like, well, it's not the future yet. Cause where's my flying car? <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> you, you know, the point is dropped. It's like, Oh, forget about AI, everything else. We don't have flying cars and nothing. Jokes does... on you, yeah. Right. <laughs> but now it's like, well, if we have flying cars, then we are in the future, but I bet people will just be as annoyed in their flying cars as they are in their real cars, <laughs> unless they get it together. You know, like it's not like all of a sudden we just like, get the new thing and it upgrades us, you really have to still let your lenses drop and let the upgrades happen to you rather than like just looking for the external. Well, now I'm running an even better phone. It's like, well, what are you saying into that phone? What are you like, what are you doing into it? Like more than what's coming at you. That's my soapbox. Totally. I, I feel that a hundred percent. 
it's very it's very odd uh you know i don't ever i, I feel a lot of like that old head thing where i'm like well these fucking kids don't they ain't got it figured out honestly my first reaction when i saw the flying car thing was like i just pictured like so this is just where i was at with it i just pictured like a really checked out like tiktok dude who's just like, he's going to get it and he's going to have it and it's going to look so cool and it will look like the most joyless experience. <laughs> like, I'm not saying, because there's joyful people on TikTok and whatever, but there's just sort of this disengagement that feels like people are just numbed out and then they're trying to, which understandably, they're trying to shock themselves awake and yeah. so they're taking on extra stuff and, oh, this might look cool. This is a new thing. Maybe other people's excitement about it will kind of like bring me to life. And maybe it will. Or maybe it will just be another thing that they're even more numb to. You know, like it, there's, like I said, I have the cynic and the, <laughs> I have a few, I have a few people who take the perspective. And really, it doesn't matter. I just know I want to feel joy. Like if I'm going to be in a flying car, I want to enjoy it. As much as I enjoy oh, yeah. zipping around on anything or in anything and be able to, like, appreciate that, wow, this is cool. Someone was able to make this and not like, oh, it's so dumb that they put energy into this. Like, who cares? Like, I don't want to be an old fart that isn't, like, doesn't see that new things are fun and exciting. But I also don't want to participate with all the new and exciting because it's not yeah. all the kind of stuff that I find new and exciting. I find more and more that... I want to celebrate when people are happy and it's something that I'm realizing like deep down. That's how I feel. Yeah. When I, right. Somebody had a good time. I'm like, fuck yeah. Yes. And they're like experiencing joy and happiness. I'm like, do more of that. Right. Like, and like genuinely like, Oh, you're having a good time. I hope you have a better day tomorrow. Right. Like genuinely like, yeah. I'm like, I want you to be even happier yep. than you are. And How can we create more joy? For yes, you? which I think it's like, we think of that as being like, not altruistic, that's when you like help someone with it, not. But I personally think that there's really no such thing as us not getting some kind of benefit from other people, like from them feeling good. And that's okay. Yeah. That's the connection. We like feeling that people feel good. We like seeing people we love and care about feel good. And even some people, like, even people you don't love and care about, the feeling of them feeling good, if you can just huff that and not be like, oh, but I'm not into tractors and that's dumb. Yeah. Like, if you can not down it and just let it be, like, get a little huff of that joy that they're feeling. Like, yeah. whoo, that's such a, I know what that feels like when I do this. Like, it's, if you just take it at the energy, like, the frequency yeah. of it, it feels good. And we can vibe on that. And it's like, there's not a scarcity of that. Like, if they get it about yep. that, you don't have to get it about that. But you can just feel a little buzz of that and be like, ah, oh, that's that good stuff, isn't it? Like, that's yep. what we're looking for. And I'm happy you've yep. got some. I got a little just listening to you. So thanks. I feel like that's where it isn't. I don't think we need to deprive ourselves of like, no, no, I shouldn't feel any joy that that's theirs. And I don't feel it. And they shouldn't feel about that. That feels like we're having to justify our joys and that's not really joyful. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, and then, you know, sometimes being around people who aren't stoked that other people are stoked. Yeah. That's like, it gets, it gets hard sometimes. Cause I'm like, I'm genuinely at this point in my life where 
I want to be stoked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if I, I know that I've spent a lot of time not being stoked, and, like, I, it feels so dumb, but, like, it's like I've just kind of fucking figured it out. I mean, <laughs> not dumb. I feel like it's kind of what, we're all kind of here trying to crack that nut, and if you manage to crack it, hell yeah. It took a long time, though. Jeez. I mean, it takes the time it takes, but you're here and you got it now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's exciting, Trav. It's super exciting. Yeah. I'm it stoked really that you, I'm stoked you want to be stoked. I'm stoked you're stoked. Yeah. I yeah. want to be stoked. Yeah. It's it's so easy to not be stoked. Yeah. But and it's also really easy to be stoked. It it is, but there and I'm not arguing for the not stoke, but I understand that it is, it can feel like having like a high pitched child squealing in your ear if you're like down in the lower registers yeah. of the frequencies. Like it can just oh, feel antagonistic. Sure. And so it feels like people are being joyful at you and you're like yeah. but really it's the is you wanna feel it. You wanna be there too. And it isn't a condemnation of where they're at. It's a you having the desire but not knowing how to get there or feeling like you can't get there and then it's frustrating. But yeah. knowing you can get there and knowing, like you said, that it's actually kind of easier than you're letting yourself let it be because whatever conditions we were putting on or whatever stories we'd built up, it just felt like, well, I've got to yeah. like, I've got to do all of these things and then maybe I can earn a little drop of joy. And it's like, no, that's not yeah. how it works. And you're going to just be really frustrated and tired if you think you've got to do all those things and earn a drop of joy. Like yeah. you could have... Uh, a river of joy right now, but yeah, without thinking you're not you looking earn it. at it, it's yeah. behind you. It's behind you. You, you don't have to earn it. It's our, you're floating in it. You just gotta notice you're floating in it already. Like exactly. Yeah. And like, it's so easy to get sidetracked with just different bullshit. I I, I had a really cool thing happen. Well, it wasn't a cool thing. It turned it. into a cool thing. Yeah. Um. We were Louisa and I were out on the tractor, and I was trying to use the post hole digger to dig up these these trees. They're it's an invasive tree. It's they're they're pests, and they're mm -hmm. taking over my wild area. And I've been trying to find a way to effectively dig them out because it's really hard to dig them out by hand. Mm -hmm. So we had the big post hole digger, and I was like, I'm just gonna fuck it up. Like, mm -hmm. get in there with the post hole digger, and I'm just gonna fuck this tree up. Mm -hmm. And it it did. It really did. And then it buried the auger completely and broke the pin off. Oh, no. And, like, sh like sheared it off and buried it. And, and Luis is there, and she's like, oh, shit. And, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I was like, and I just started laughing. And she's like, why are you laughing? And I was like, because I can choose to laugh about this. Mm. Like, I could choose to be really angry about this. Yeah. Because it's super inconvenient <laughs> yeah. and it's going to take up a ton of time that I don't want to deal with it. Right. But instead, yeah. I'm just going to laugh about it. That's, that's some wise master shit right there, Trav. Where it's like you're already taking the view. If you were watching that episode of your TV show of, you know, Travis and Louise and they're going out here to do, like, that's the part that the audience would kind of like, oh, yeah, like, they'd laugh at that getting stuck. Like, if it had just yeah. gone well, it would be a different kind of scene. And you could turn it into a comedy and be like, or a tragedy and be like, oh, 
nothing's going well for Travis, is it? But it's also like, if you laugh, you can get the spin and things are then going well for you. Like, yeah. And it was just like, and, and it was, I guess for me, it was the more important thing was that she understood that you don't have to get frustrated when things don't go your way. Right. There's other and options. There's a, there's other options. And I've been trying really hard. It's being, a, being a parent is fucking weird, man. Ooh, yeah. Especially, especially when like, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of like not really parent material. <laughs> <laughs> like, like really, like a lot of the things that I like to do are not really kid friendly, and so it's just odd. Man, I feel like it's it's nice and refreshing to me though to have parents who are interested in their own lives, because I feel like there's a disservice that's happening when kids become the primary central everything focal point of the adults and the adults just deplete themselves and have nothing replenishing like that's a terrible role model to me like being about your own business and into your own stuff is actually pretty good and that said i think you're a great dad and you guys have an awesome kid so she's i i I think so too uh but sometimes I, I wonder, I heard her singing the other day and I was like, what are you singing? And she's like, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. And I was like, man, I don't know if I'm a good dad or a bad dad, but well, I'm so proud right now. Well, she also prays to Jesus, so I think she's pretty much covered Yeah, she's she gets in a, a lot of directions. Plus, she's for, she, forgiven. She is. Plus, she's just pure, pure love. <laughs> I love her. Forgive, forgive her. She knows not what she does. Oh my god, <laughs> she knows not what she sings. Yes, she does. Wu Tang Clan. Wu Tang is for the children. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are right around the usual sort of wrap up time. But if you have anything else you'd like to bring to the table, you are welcome to. It feels like a pretty natural wrap up. I know. Isn't that nice? <laughs> It's, a, it's really interesting to me. I don't know if all conversations are like this, but any conversation I've had recorded, like there have been ones that we had like a, a downturn and then I felt the kind of rally of like, all right, let's just push for another half hour. Not a push, but like it just kind of, uh-huh. but there's a natural drop off right around like a minute 20 with everybody. I don't know if that's like a conversation cycle or if it's like our attention spans or what it is, but it just feels like a, a slow. I think there's probably like a, a- a conversation cycle to that because I know like when I have really good conversations on the phone with, with friends catching up, it's usually about like an hour 15 right. is, yeah. you know, right around Isn't there. Interesting? Maybe it's like our brains are saturated enough that we need to like go digest the conversation. Like we can't, yeah. we're not going to be coming up with new stuff unless we just descend into Tangential. Yeah, well, well, riffs or movie quotes or whatever, and just <laughs> fill it out with Lord of the Rings for the rest of the for the rest. But no, I feel I feel really really happy and glad we did this and a good yeah, conversation. I, I, I'm honored that you wanted to speak with me. Like that's a that's pretty. I'm pretty stoked about that. So thank you. I have a ton of respect for you. Oh, and I was thinking about something that you said a while back that I mentioned to you when i saw you in uh, august and and i and i had said that man i'm becoming i'm becoming so much of a hippie all this concrete starting to bother me and then you said 
I'm becoming so much of a hippie that all this concrete is not bothering me. <laughs> and and I and I think I told you that when we were on the canoe trip was like how how rad I thought that was. And I you know I think about that mm. frequently. And I realized that like no no you're becoming so much of a hippie that all this concrete doesn't bother you. I'm becoming a fucking eco terrorist, and this fucking concrete bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to know where you're at. It's good to know what you want to be. No, I'm pretty zen right now, but this fucking concrete is bothering me. Well, I, and let's, yeah, I'll do my addendum to that because yes, concrete doesn't have to bother me, but also I'm becoming more truthful with myself about what I actually like and don't like. And I don't like a lot of concrete around me all the time you know like i like so knowing knowing what i like and don't like is important to me even if it's like it's okay that concrete exists and that other people are okay being surrounded by it or want to be there that's fine but i don't choose to be there all the time and so paying more attention to where i actually want to be is becoming that's probably my new theme but but yeah because there is a, a touch of oh nothing bothers me ever and it's like okay not factual of course things no, bother sure. me no, for sure. you know and so I, just, I didn't mean it i didn't mean it like that i i i definitely meant it more of like defining like i guess more clearly what kind of where i was headed yeah you know what no I mean? right so you you think you're in the are you in eco terrorism nsa don't listen to this part no it's you know the old uh i read the monkey wrench gang at a pretty young age and it it affected me yeah and eff and aff so so it's you know i i guess we could end with that like i think the most important thing for me right now moving forward as a creative person and as as a person in the universe is like really defining not necessarily like what my role is but like i guess like what my goal is Mm. Mm. you know and maybe not goal because i know that like the journey and being present is so much more important but like you know, if you were asked, if you were to ask me, like, what do you want? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, where do you want to be in five years? I don't know. Yeah. What do you want to do with your life? I don't know. Like, you want to put and, a little bit more of a paddle in the water. You don't want to just kind of, yeah. like, be laying back, seeing where things take yeah. you. You want to have a little more intention. Yeah, for sure. I want to get my, I want to really want to get my hands in the clay. And I really want to work less. And I want to hear more well, of your music. Yeah, I want to play more music, yeah. and the guys that I'm playing music with want to play more music, Sweet. and the people that I'm around want me to play more music. Yeah, kind of like you down. might be good, kind of like you might be one of the cool guys. Uh, Circle, back. Circle back. <laughs> what is a finally. cool guy? Well, having the respect of people you respect is a huge, we'll say success too, and so you respecting me, I respect you, and so that means a lot to me. It's good. It's good. It's good. good and with that, good trade. Good trade. Good trade. <laughs> good trade. <laughs> I love you, Trav. Thanks for doing this. I love you too, Sharp. Thank you. Good. It's almost fall time. It's almost fall time. I'm gearing up. I'll have my jacket with me. Tell the wife and the child. 
give my love to and enjoy your right. green bean thing. Hell yeah. Talk to you soon. Good night.